Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. Um, this morning, I want to preach a brand new series called The Comeback. How many of you guys like a good comeback story? I love a good comeback story. And, and uh, you know, if, if I were to ask you this morning, what's your favorite comeback story? What's something that sticks out in your mind? That we would get so many different answers across this room. But I, I was just thinking about mine this past week. And, and I, have you ever seen the movie Miracle? The, uh, about the uh, U.S. hockey Olympic team that went and faced the Russians and ended up defeating the Russians. I mean, they were just a bunch of ragtag college students that, that this coach put together, and they were going up the great, the, probably the greatest powerhouse at the time in hockey, and that was the Russians, and they hadn't lost a game in, in so many, so many years. And uh, I remember this story how the hockey, t- uh, the Russians went up like one to nothing, and then the U.S. came back and they tied it up, and then the Russians went ahead again, and then uh, uh, America came back and, and tied it up again, and and it went on to where uh, this this U.S. Uh, hockey team went to win uh, four to three, but they were behind at one time in their in in that game. But what I love about the story is that was that when they were behind, they didn't stop fighting; they just kept fighting. They kept pushing through adversity. They kept doing everything that they had done in practice prior to, to this time. And they went on and they won the game. And then they went on and, to win the gold medal that year. That, I love that story. It's a great movie. So what I decided to do, I decided to jump on Google. Because, you know, Google has everything that you could ever need of. If you can't find it on Google, you don't need to be doing it. I mean, it's anything you need, you can find it on Google. So I got on Google this week and I typed in the greatest comebacks of all times. And I found this one site called The Greatest Career Comebacks in Sports History. And so I began to scroll through. There was about 35 of them that was on this list. People like Kurt Warner, I don't know if you remember him, uh, or Joe Montana, or Coach K, the basketball coach from Duke. And there was Serena Williams, and there were so many others. Rocky Blair, you know, all, all of these people at some time had setbacks in their life who went on to have a great comeback who went on to win multiple championships, who went on to win you know, national championships and Super Bowl rings and all of these things. And what stuck out to me is that they all had setbacks in their life, but they did not allow those setbacks to stop them from going to where they needed to go, to having a great comeback. You see, they had listed the greatest comeback on this list was Muhammad Ali. But the second greatest one on this list, the greatest comeback, was a golfer named Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods was probably at one time was the greatest golfer of his era. I mean, he was winning championship after championship. Even as a young man, he was just winning championship after championship. Tiger Woods had all kind of fame. He had all kind of fortune. I mean, he was on top of the world. He had everything that he ever wanted or everything that he ever needed. And maybe at some point in his life, he probably thought that maybe he was invincible that nothing was ever going to touch him. Nothing was ever going to happen to him. He was always going to be on the top. He would never have a setback. He was always going to be the greatest. Well, you know the story. Tiger Woods had a major setback in his life to where at one point he wasn't even playing golf. He lost everything. 
Sponsorships pulled from him. He had back surgery. He had surgeries time and time again. Always in constant pain. He pleaded guilty to reckless driving. All of these things happened to Tiger Woods. Can I tell you, that's a major setback. At one time he was on top of the world and now he has nothing. But what I love about that story is, is that he didn't stay there. That he began to make his comeback. He began to get back onto the golf course and he began to practice and he began to do what he needed to do to make a great comeback. And in 2019, Tiger Woods went on to win the Masters after, after not winning a championship in anywhere from nine, it was either nine, ten, or eleven years. A man who had lost everything now is back on top of the world winning the Masters in 2019 after losing everything. Can I tell you, that's a great comeback story. That is an amazing comeback story. That he didn't decide to stay where he was, but decided to get up from where he was and he began to change his situation that was around him. You see, what makes a great comeback story so great is that the person who's in the comeback story, who had the setback, gets up from the setback, and they begin to move, and they begin to move forward. That's what makes a good comeback story good, is that the person that had the setback gets up, and they begin to move forward. Can I tell you this morning, I've had some setbacks in my life. And maybe you have too. Maybe you've had some setbacks in your life. But what I love about a great, good comeback is that a setback that you get up and you just keep moving forward. That you don't stay where you are. That you don't just fall victim to, to what has happened around you. But you get up and you begin to fight and you begin to move forward so that you can have a good comeback story. You see, there's times in our life that we have setbacks that we have no control over. There's times in our life that we have setbacks that, guys, that we can't control, like this coronavirus. It is completely out of our control. It just came out of nowhere. There's nothing that right now that outside of doing, you know, the small things to keep spreading this, this virus, there's nothing that we, we can do. It was out of our control. And just like you, maybe you've had a setback in your life that was out of your control. But can I tell you on the other side of that is this is that sometimes you face setbacks because of your bad decisions and our bad choices in life. There are times in our life we have setbacks because we made bad decisions. Or we made a bad decision or we did something that caused us to have a setback. You see, the Bible is full of good comeback stories. Stories where people in that moment that had a setback, they made a decision of what they were going to do. They made a decision, we, well, we can either stay where we are now or we can get up and we, and we can begin to make our way back. That, to me, is what's important about being a Christian. That no matter if the setback was out of your control or whether you caused the setback because of your bad decision, what I love about it is that you realize that you had a setback and you decide to get up in that moment and you begin to make your way back to where God wants you to be. That's what's important in our life. That's what's important about being a Christian because there's so many people that, had, that made bad decisions in their life throughout the Bible, but they had a good story. They had a great comeback. They decided to get up from where they were in that moment and they, began to, and they took ownership of what happened and they began to move forward. So this morning, 
If I, if, I, if I gave you two words by the name of King David, what would be the first thing that came to your mind this morning? You don't have to say it out loud. Just think about it. If I say King David, what's the very first thing that comes to your mind? See, can I tell you this morning is this, is that King David, he had a setback in his life that was caused by his own decision. King David had a major setback, but what I love about the story is that his comeback story is even greater. He had a setback. You see, King David was, this, was the guy that everybody loved. Kind of like Michael. Everybody loves Michael. <laughs> David was that guy. He was the greatest king Israel had ever seen or had ever had throughout history. He was, he was rich. He was famous. People loved him so much that even before he became king, there was a man named Saul who became jealous and wanted to kill David because he was so loved by everybody else. David had it all. He was liked by everybody, which is unusual. If you get everybody to like you, something's not right. Everybody loved David. The greatest king. He was a hero. He walked out into the battlefield and he killed Goliath when no one else would go out and face him. He was a man of faith so much that God said about David, this is a man who's after my own heart. That's what God said about David. A man of faith, a king, a hero, a great warrior, a great king. But somewhere along the way, David lost it all. So if you look at David's life and you go, how in the world could David lose it? He's got everything. Everybody loves him. He's got this. He's got that. What happened to David? What could go wrong in David's life? Well, here's what the problem was, is that he decided to make a decision in his life that caused him great pain, and he suffered great consequence because of it. He had a setback in his life. You see... A hero, a king, a man after God's own heart. But I want to tell you this morning, David lost it all. So li listen to me this morning, church. It doesn't matter how much you gain or what, how high the mountain you sit upon and all the things that you have in your life. If you're not careful and you begin to make bad decisions in your life, listen to me. You could lose it all. You could lose it all. David was a man who blew it. His failure was so extreme that you would think that there's no way that he could ever have a comeback from this story. But he did. He had a setback, but later on in his life, he had a great comeback. So where did David's setback begin? 2 Samuel is where we're going to be landing at this morning. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1 in the English Standard Version is where I'm going to be reading this morning. This is what it says. It says, in the spring of the year, the time where kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him in all of Israel. And they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. And here's the statement I want you to see. This is where things begin to change in David's life. But David remained at Jerusalem. That's, that's very important that you understand in that statement this morning. That's where things begin to change in David's life, is that he decided that he made the choice that instead of going to war, when all the kings would always go to war in the springtime, David said, hey guys, guess what? I'm going to set this one out. I'm going to let you go by yourself. You go handle it. I'm staying at home. 
So I got three things that I want to share with you this morning that I feel like God laid upon my heart about this scripture. Number one is this. Setbacks can happen when you make or when I make poor decisions. Setbacks happen when you and I begin to make poor decisions. You see, everything in David's life was about to change because of the decision for him to stay at home or his decision not to go off to war. Setbacks always happen when we make a choice, especially when it's something that we know we should do, but yet we don't do it. You see, David realized and David knew that he needed to go to war with his, with his army. David knew that he needed to go fight with his other leaders as a king. He needed to go lead the way. But in that moment, David decided that he was going to stay at home and he was just going to let it all happen and he was just going to stay there and not do anything. For just a moment, what is the first thing that comes to your mind about King David, as I said just a minute ago? You see, David had a setback in his life. It was a setback. Instead of going to war, he stayed at home. David knew what he was supposed to do, but he decided not to do it. Listen to me, church. Can I tell you this morning? We as Christians, we know what we're supposed to do. We know what areas that we're supposed to change. But sometimes we don't always do it and we don't always make changes in those areas. But listen to me this morning. If we don't and we know it and we don't make any changes, can I tell you... Be careful of a setback because the enemy is just waiting for you. He's just waiting for you at the right time to make that decision to not do something that you know you're supposed to do. And he's waiting there to pounce on you. He's waiting there to attack you. And when we know of something that we shouldn't be doing, but we do it anyway, can I tell you that's a bad decision and be careful for a setback. Be careful. Take, for instance, in our relationship with God. And we feel like God is leading us to another place or God is wanting to take us to another place, but yet we don't want to move. Yet we just want to stay where we are. And we don't move forward. Can I tell you what I've learned about this and I've learned it the hard way. If you don't move in Christ, you're not just going to stay where you are. You're either going to move backwards or you're going to move forward. There's no idle position in your relationship with God. You either move forward or you move backwards. That's just what happened. That's what's happened in my life. Maybe it's different for you, but that's what's happened in my life. The moments that I decided not to do anything, the moments that I decided, well, I don't need to partake in that. I don't need to be part of that. I just said idle. What happened in my life was that this, I moved backwards instead of moving forward. And I had a setback in my life, and it wasn't caused by anybody except myself. It was just myself. You see, we can't stay idle in our Christian walk. We can't just stay where we are right now and everything be okay. God is wanting to take us to another place, church. And I want to go there. I don't want to be stubborn and say, God, I don't want, really don't want to go there because it may, it may require me to do something that I've never done before. But God says, listen, if you're, if you're willing to go there, I'll take you. I'll take you there. You can't stay idle in our relationship with God. You see... No one knows what, why, why David decided to stay at home. Maybe he was tired. Maybe he just didn't want to go. Maybe he was afraid or maybe he lost his focus. Whatever the reason David chose, he made a conscious decision to stay at home, which later on led a setback in his life. You see, David could have prevented all of this from happening by just making one choice to go to war and not to remain at home. 
Galatians chapter 5, verses 16, this is what it says. It says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Can I tell you, David was walking by his flesh. And when we walk by our flesh, be careful for setbacks. We need to walk by the Spirit as God called us to walk. Why? Because we have the Spirit living within us. The Spirit needs to help us make decisions in some areas where we don't necessarily want to make a change or make a decision. That's why the Spirit is there to help you, to lead you to another place in God. So if we're not moving, if we're not, if we're not, if nothing's happening in our life with us, between us and God, maybe we need to stop and say, well, what's happening? Probably it's, it's probably us. See, if David's had, if David had his attention where it should have been, and that was going with his army to fight and go to war, then David would have never gone to a place where he should have never been. If his attention was where it needed to be, he would have never stayed at home and he would have never gone to where he didn't need to go in his life. While Joab and David's servants were all fighting the war, David was in a battle. Listen to me this morning. David was in his own battle between flesh and spirit. He was in his castle. He was in his palace all by himself and he was under attack by Satan, but he didn't know it yet. But Satan was about to bring forth something in his life that David didn't realize would happen. You see, David had won many victories as being a king in war, but this battle was different. And unfortunately, David didn't win this battle. He lost it. He lost this battle because of a decision that he made to stay at home. You see, David in that moment decided to listen to his flesh and stay at home. Can I tell you, church, so many times we decide to listen to our flesh and ignore the spirit and we mess up so bad. And we have setbacks in our life. Setbacks. David had a setback in his life because of a poor choice that he made. Number two is this. Setbacks happen when we choose to engage temptation. Setbacks happen when we choose to engage temptation. Look at verses two through four. It happened... Late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house, that he saw from a roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about the woman, and one said, Is that not Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and, she, and he slept with her. You so the temptation was placed in front of David. And what did David do? He engaged in the temptation. He engaged in the temptation. You see, we always want to blame the devil for the things that we do. The devil's not making you do anything. Now the devil will place the temptation in front of you, but he's not making you do it. That's your own choice. Nobody made David do it that day except for David. He, can't, he can stand back and go, well, the devil made me do it. The devil didn't make you do anything. He put it in front of you. You made the choice to decide to move on it. And that's what David did. David chose to engage in the temptation that was in front of him. This was a temptation that was placed in front of David, and he chose not to walk away from it. 
He was just taking a nap. He was all alone in the palace and he decides, hey man, I'm hungry. I'm going to go to the refrigerator and grab a snack, but then I'm going to go for a little stroll on the rooftop. Nobody's at home. He's not expecting anybody to be on the other rooftop across from him taking a bath. But guess what? There was. There was there. It was a setup. The enemy was setting him up for a fall. Why? Because he was great. He was a king. Everybody loved him. And the enemy was about to set him up for a fall in his life. The temptation was there. Over on the rooftop, he notices this beautiful woman taking a bath. And instead of, listen, instead of turning around and going back the other direction, the Bible says that he stood there and he looked at her. Not only that, but he sent his messengers over there to bring her to him just so, and you can fill in the blank. He engaged in the temptation that was in front of him. Instead of saying no, instead of doing this and doing that, instead of walking away and not noticing it anymore and saying, no, I'm not going to go there, David stood there and engaged in the temptation, which caused him to have a setback in his life. You see, when we choose to be somewhere that we shouldn't be or do something that we shouldn't be doing, listen to me, it always leads to regret. It always leads to regret. And when we're scrolling through Facebook or we get something that pops up, some kind of ad, and we click on that ad and it takes us to a site that we shouldn't be. Guys, listen to me. If you stay there, it's only going to hurt you. It's not going to help you. And that's for anybody in the room. Anybody in this room today can have setbacks. You see, when Satan provided this temptation, like he did in this story in David, In David's life, he didn't leave, but he stayed there and engaged the temptation. Some suggest that David couldn't sleep that night because he wasn't where he needed to be. He wasn't off at war. Whatever reason, the reason is not important. What's important is what happened, is that he engaged in the temptation that the enemy threw out before him. You see, again, when we choose to be somewhere we shouldn't, it always leads us to do something that later on that we will regret. You see, here's what you have to understand about the story. David's sin wasn't in seeing Bathsheba. It wasn't in, not- it wasn't in noticing that she was there. The sin happened when he engaged in the temptation, when he sent forth the messengers to bring her to him instead of just walking away. You know the rest of the story and what happened through David's life. And, I, and I've never thought about that, this, but I read this this week and it, it really kind of spoke to me that in that moment in David's life, in that season, David broke five, over half of God's commandments. He broke over half of God's commandments of what he wasn't supposed to do. He coveted. He committed adultery. Effectively, he stole away from Uriah, Hittite, his wife. He lied about it. And then he murdered. Can I tell you, that's a setback, guys. That's a huge change in a man's life who had everything. Five things. All of those things happened in his life in one moment, one short season of his life that caused him to have a setback. Adulterous. He stole. He lied. He murdered. He coveted. All of those things happened in that time span of David's life. How could a person who had everything 
a beloved hero, a great king, a mighty warrior, a man who God said is after my own heart. How could this happen? Because he made a decision. He made a decision. When we choose to allow our flesh to take over, many times we will engage in the temptation that's in front of us. When the enemy places the opportunity or the temptation in front of you, in front of us, instead of running away like Joseph did. You remember the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife? She basically threw herself on him and Joseph ripped his coat off of him and he took off running. Can I tell you, that was a setback in Joseph's life. He had no control over that. It was, the, the setback in his, he didn't cause that, but he had a setback. And in that moment of temptation, instead of engaging in the temptation, he did what all Christians are supposed to do when the temptation arises, whatever the temptation may be, and that is to run away from it and to flee. And what happened? He, he didn't engage in the temptation. Why? Because he ran away. He fleed. But David, he didn't. He engaged in the temptation. Please understand me this morning. The devil doesn't care who you are. He doesn't care what position you hold at work. Or he doesn't care if you're a pastor or a worship leader or a missionary or a stay-at-home mom or a lawyer. It doesn't matter to him. His job is to destroy men and women of God. And he will use whatever temptation he can to pull you away from what God wants for you in your life. Setbacks. Setbacks in our life. In order for you to have a great comeback, sometimes you have to have a setback. You see, when you decide, what you decide to do in your setback determines whether or not you have a good comeback. You see, you can have a setback in your life and you can stay there. Or you can decide in your, in your setback that you're going to do something different and you're going to change, you're going to be a different person and you're going to have a great comeback. So what you do in your setback determines whether or not you have a good comeback. Can I tell you this morning that I've had many setbacks in my life brought upon myself. I can't blame my wife. I can't blame anybody for the things that I've done in my life except for myself. Except for myself. You see, when Adam and Eve couldn't, they couldn't blame the serpent for what happened to them, all he did was present the temptation to them. And they acted out on it. When we choose to walk in the flesh and fulfill our own selfish desires, it leads us to a setback. And even though David had this unbelievable setback, he had an even greater comeback. Shelby, if you would, I want you to come to the keyboard this morning. And the last and final thing I want you to see this morning about this story is this. Comebacks happen when we choose to get up from where we are, recognize what we have done, take ownership of it, and repent. That's when you have a great comeback. Is that you recognize where you are. You, you recognize what you've done. You take ownership of it. You don't blame everybody else because of your setback. You take ownership of what's happened in your own life. You can't blame the system. You can't blame this or that person or that. You have, the only person you can blame is yourself. So what you choose to do in that moment is either you can get up Choose where you are, recognize what you've done, take ownership of it, and repent. And if you do, you have a great comeback. You'll have a great comeback. You see, David had to make a choice either to stay where he was or allow God to change him and become and still be used by God. Which brings me to my next scripture as I close. I want to read to you 2 Samuel chapter 12. 
verses 1 through 12. And this is what it says. And the Lord sent Nathan to David. And he came to him and he said to him, There were two men in a certain city, the, the, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had brought, or which he had bought. And he had brought it up, and he grew it up with him and with his children. It used to eat of his morsel and drink from his cup and lie in his arms, and it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guest who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had came to him. Verse 5. And then David's anger was greatly kindled within him and against the man. And he said to David, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. David had no idea that Nathan was talking about him. He had no idea that he was talking about him in that story. So here's David's ego is up here. He's got it all. He's got past this. Nobody knows about what's happened. Nobody's going to find out I'm the king. I can do whatever I want to. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, God sends a prophet named David or send Nathan to David. And David just, or Nathan begins to tell him just a story. And it makes David so angry. But he didn't even realize Nathan was talking to him. Look what he says in verse 7. Nathan said to David, you're the man. You're the one I'm talking about. You're the one that is sold from, the, from, from this person. You're the one that has sacrificed this thing that didn't belong to you. You're the man. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. He said, I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul and I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your arms and gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. And if this were too little, I would add to you uh, as much more. Why have you despised the word of the Lord to do what is evil in his sight? You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and have taken his wife to be your wife and you have killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Verse 10, Now therefore the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house. And I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor. And he shall lie with your wives inside of this son. For you did it in secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. Think about that for a moment. Here is David being being struck down by God, by Nathan the prophet. God is speaking through Nathan and telling him exactly what he has done wrong. And because of what he done wrong, out of his own house will rise up a, a sword and it will be always be a problem for David because of what David did. You see, there will always be consequences to your sin. David had consequences that he had to face because of his sin. 
When you commit a sin, listen to me, guys. God will forgive you and God will forgive me. But it doesn't take the consequences away. There's always consequences. There's always things that we're going to have to face. But what I love about God and what's cool about this story is this. Is that when we recognize what we have done and we take ownership of it and we repent, God will forgive you. And that's the most important thing that you need to understand. That when you mess up or when I mess up and I take ownership of it and I repent of what I've done in my life, God will forgive me. But does it take the consequences away? There's still going to be consequences. Verse 13, look what David said. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. A man who should have died, who didn't deserve to be forgiven because he chose to repent of what he had done. He called out to God, I have sinned against God and God forgave him. Guys, that's a comeback. That's a great comeback. From where he was to where he is now, There's still consequences that he had to face. If you remember the baby that Bathsheba had, David fasted and prayed that that it would stay alive, but guess what? It died. And David had other problems in his life later on because of of the decisions that he made. He may have had some setbacks, but he had a great comeback. He had a great comeback in his life. You see, God's forgiveness doesn't save us from consequences of our actions. But if we choose to confess and repent of what we've done, God will always save us and he will always still use you. He will still use you. Use me and use you. 1 John chapter 1, verses 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from the unrighteous. What a great comeback story. A man that had everything, lost it all, Realize what had happened in his life through a man named Nathan. And he goes, Nathan, I have sinned against God. I've done everything wrong. I should have never done that. I've never acted. I should have never acted that way. I should have never been that person. I repent. I'm sorry, God. And God forgave him. What a, what a wonderful comeback story. Can I tell you, God is, God is in the business of forgiving people. doesn't matter how far or what you've done if we will repent and confess and ask God God will forgive us no matter what has happened in our life now we can choose to stay where we are and we, we, we can choose to, to be here and not change anything or we can choose to make a difference or change something in our life and, and, and allow God to continue to use us David said, you know what? I'm making that decision. I want to be, I'll still want to be used by God. If you would, if you would stand with me this morning as we get ready to pray. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you. So join us Sundays at 1030 a.m. or Wednesdays at 630 p.m. Have a blessed day.